1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: Hello, I'm Laura Jackson, and welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle, the podcast from the Sunday Times Star. that's all about phenomenal female founders and how they turn their passions from a bit on the side to a thriving business. From beauty to manufacturing, tech to finance, and more. On this show, we get the ins and outs ups and downs of setting up your own company. You can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do this via whatever podcast app you normally use. Ellie Brown joins me today. She attended Lucy Cavendish College and started her business after graduating. It's since grown from her living room to a thriving company, with its products featured in stores all across the UK. But listen, I don't want to give too much away, so I'll let Ellie tell you herself. Hi Ellie, really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. I'm been very excited about this conversation because I have tried a couple of vegan cheeses and have been quite disappointed and I'm, I'm hoping that this
1: conversation is going to win me over into the world of vegan cheeses. Absolutely well I don't think you're alone it's such a common story I hear from so many people when I say I make vegan cheese even amongst people who are vegan I get a mixed response because it's a big spectrum of taste out there and um, yeah a lot of people have just had a really bad experience which is yeah. such a shame. So your company is called Kinda Co,
0: you make vegan cheese, but for people who don't know anything about your business, can you... Uh, explain a bit about who you are what you do sure
1: well I started in 2017 and I'd stopped eating dairy and was a huge cheese lover for me cheese was its own food group I ate it all the time growing up I was veggie and being veggie in the 90s it was just cheese on some kind of assorted vegetables so I never thought I would ever give up eating cheese but when I did I just similar to what you just said I couldn't find a good alternative they all just tasted plastic and processed and nothing like the cheese that we all want, that kind of gooey, cheesy, melty dream. And so I started making it myself. I had a food blog at the time and I kind of wasn't a stranger to cooking. So I found some recipes deep on the internet for making your own vegan cheese. And so I made my own and the feedback was good. And it just kind of was born from that. So I would love to know how you
0: make cheese
1: without dairy what what are you using in its place well you can use all the different kinds of things but i use nuts so i use mostly cashew nuts um some almonds as well some other people use soy or some other people use things like rice flour and starches but we use nuts just because they're quite nutritious so it's quite a good base for using for making cheese and they're also quite high in fat so you have that nice kind of mouthfeel with them as well and cashews have quite a bland taste actually if you soak them if they're not roasted and salted they're actually quite bland. So once you soak them, you can use whatever other flavorings you want and kind of they're quite a good blank canvas. So how many products do you have at the moment on, with Kind Well, we have 14. 14
0: cheeses. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a bit excessive. I have to be stopped from doing new product development because making recipes and creating new things is kind of what I'm, you know, what I'm passionate about. But obviously it's not practical to come up with that many products as a business. So I have to curb it and make some limited editions and other things to try and keep it, keep the creativity under under wraps. Sound a bit like Heston in terms yeah. of vegan cheese. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like that. I love experimenting and things. So let's talk about
0: the nuts and bolts of your business. When you started KindaCo,
1: did you have a vision of where you saw the brand going? I always say it's a hobby that got out of control because I never started out wanting to do a business. You know, I, you hear about these stories, you know, Richard Branson starting out when he was young or people selling sweets on the playground to make money. And that was not me at all. I didn't think I was an entrepreneur. I just, really wanted to create an option for people and it's not just for vegans it's also people like when my sister had a baby the baby was lactose intolerant so she can eat dairy for a while and some people just have allergies and there's so many reasons why people might not want to eat dairy and there just wasn't a tasty option so I just found I was making something that people liked and I'm obviously a bit of a people pleaser I just wanted to put it out there so that these people had an option so I started doing markets and things and it just really took off but i never had had the plan oh i'm going to start a huge food business you know if you told me five years ago i'd be running a vegan cheese business i thought you were mad i was you know it just it was out of nowhere um and i think that's important for people to know because i think some people think they need to have a business plan of how they're going to have this multi-million dollar business and that it doesn't have to be that way you can just have a small idea and just let it grow naturally
0: Choosing the right name for your business can be tricky, but even when you think you've got it bang on, you might still not be out of the woods yet, as Ellie knows all too well.
1: I was actually called Kinda Cheese when I started because I thought it would be—it was a funny little play on words, um, but I got in trouble because you're not allowed to use the word cheese for anything that doesn't relate to dairy it's right. a protected term so you can't call anything cheese butter milk yogurt cream unless it's relating to dairy so I got some letters from Dairy UK Limited saying you can't call it cheese and I hadn't even sold any cheese at this point so I thought it was a big overreaction but um, um I, I, sorry Dairy UK there's a, there's a company like there's somebody that is in charge of dairy in the UK, I didn't <laughs> even know that. Yeah. yeah, they're a huge business. I didn't know either until they sent me some letters and they'd found me because they were trawling through um, the trademarks, because I trademarked the name and they were trawling through the trademarks to find people who would used the like, word cheese and then sent me, yeah, letters saying, you must cease using this, otherwise it's gonna come after you. I was like, dude, I haven't even done anything yet. But- Well, um, oh, that,
0: that must be a really horrible email to land in your inbox and kind of feel quite scary.
1: Yeah, it was completely scary. I was really intimidated, especially because I was, you know, you're feeling quite vulnerable when you start a business. You're kind of putting this new little baby out into the world and then someone's already trying to come at you. And, you know, some people are saying, oh, you should fight them. I was like, I'm one, one person.
0: I I have been in a similar position to you. Like I got a scary email only weeks after I'd given birth and no. um, with like, you know, legality things. And, and it really, really upset. It really upset me. So what did you do at that point when you had to think about changing your name?
1: Well, so I asked a friend who was a lawyer and he just said, and in no uncertain terms, just change your name and do something else. Cause that's the only thing they are getting you on. So I just changed my name. <laughs> so I changed it to kind which actually I prefer now and has opened us up if we ever want to go into any other kind of alternatives or whatever so it ended up being good and we got a really nice bit of press in the new statesman interviewing us about it so i kind of it ended up being quite a good thing because it got our name out there a bit more i think that's really good take home for people isn't it that actually
0: sometimes a negative can really turn into a positive and you use that as a great story for press which got your name out there and then actually it's just made your business bigger because now you're not categorized by one product offering you have got the opportunity to have a plethora of products, which actually is really exciting for Kind of Co.
1: Yeah, exactly. And often these things in business, with a bit of hindsight, things that are problems, if you can manage to get around them and come out the other side, they do end up pushing you further and you can see the positive in the end. This was initially a side hustle for you. How did you manage your time? What actually were you doing as part of your day job? So I was actually working as a nanny. Oh, great. Yeah. So I worked as a nanny on and off kind of my whole life, really. I, um, I left school at 16 and then I didn't go to uni until I was 24 and then did a master's when I was 26. So I kind of dotted around and in between all those gaps, I was nannying because it's just a lovely job. And I was fortunate enough to work with some really nice families. And at the time I was actually, the kind of co was like my side hustle on my side hustle because I was already doing some training in child psychotherapy, which is what I thought I wanted to do. So I was doing that, and then I started the food blog, and then I kind of had to decide because I had there's only so many hours in the day, and um and yeah, so the food. But I was looking after kids that were at school during the day, so while they were at school, I was at home, you know, blending nuts and trying to take orders and doing that kind of thing. So obviously during the school holidays, it was not much sleep, but it kind of gave me that flexibility, and it also. Nannying such a wonderful job. I was lucky enough to work for a family who also provided accommodation. So I didn't have to worry. So I had an income and I also had a flat, which is incredibly fortunate. So I had somewhere to make all my cheese that, you know, and I was living alone. So no one minded if I had the Vitamix on at 2am <laughs> blending cashews, no one could complain. And I had this huge, huge fridge called, that I called Bertha in my living room because I only had this tiny fridge. So I got this huge fridge on eBay and put it in the middle of my living room. And that was how I kept all the cheese for the markets the weekend. It was crazy (laughs) when I think about it now, but just kind of made it work I literally can see you just in your living room with this massive fridge and thank (laughs) god you didn't have any housemates I know I know I mean there wasn't much scope for dating at the time so I didn't have any free time whatsoever but on the rare occasion you would have like friends or anything back to your house you'd just be like yeah sorry about all the jars and the bags of cashews and that absolutely enormous fridge just you know pour your glass of wine
0: at what point did you decide um, that you wanted to kind of go into food full-time and this, and the co was a real business?
1: Well, it's always a bit of a leap of faith. And I actually did Kinder co on the side for a year before I quit my job, which was quite a long time really, because I just felt it was such a big thing to leave the security of having a job. And I'm someone who I really need to be financially independent and the thought of leaving the security of, it wasn't just my income as well as my home. So I had to leave my flat and I had to leave my job. And it was just really the stars aligned. I had met some other people who had a food business and they were going to get their own kitchen. And they offered me a space in their kitchen to run kind of co from. So all of a sudden, I had this like external place. And also, I was just turning down work and opportunities for KindaCo of because I couldn't commit to it because of my job. Because you know, looking after children, there's a lot of responsibility, and I took it really seriously. So I, you know, I didn't ever want to be doing a bad job at my day job. So I was kind of turning things down and. I just kind of got to the point where I knew that Kind of Co is my future and eventually these kids are gonna grow up and definitely not need me anymore. So I kind of just, it kind of all came to a head really. Also, as soon as I did it, I was like, this is absolutely the right thing to do. And I was so happy and, you know, I'm really, really glad I did it. Now,
0: when most people start a side hustle, more often than not, you'll end up running it from your home. It was the same story for Ellie who found it worked quite well for her.
1: food is actually a really good industry to get into if you just kind of want to test the waters a bit because there's very few barriers to entry so <laughs> you don't you need do any food, food safety you can just do what you want no, no. <laughs> you um but you can do you have to do level two food and hygiene which you can actually do online and you have to register with your local council and they'll come and give you an inspection to make sure everything's clean and tidy and you know that you're adhering to kind of food rules because i was only making vegan cheese kind of a lot of the things that are quite dangerous like meat or eggs or fish or whatever you know I wasn't dealing with so it was quite a straightforward process for me um and then you obviously need insurance as well to cover you in case anything happens but it's kind of fairly simple to do and you can do it from home a lot of people do still do that so how long has it been since you quit your job and
0: then started working um at the outside kitchen how long has that been Um, two and a half years now. Wow okay and what's happened in that two and a half years with the business since you've gone full-time?
1: Well it's changed a lot so we now well I now live in Somerset so I moved out of London two months ago which has been a huge leap so we shared a kitchen initially for about a year and a bit and then we moved to another kitchen which we shared and then around eight months ago we moved to our own kitchen which we then also outgrew and then needed more space and so we moved out of London so I've now got 2,000 square foot of food production space in Somerset and a yeah, team of five staff which is boggling because this time last year it was just me and one assistant so it has grown enormously in a very short space of time which I think is good to remind myself and I'm giving myself a hard time about you know not working hard enough and things so um yeah it has kind of exploded to be honest.
0: That is incredible I mean that you are I mean not to sound like full-on but you're responsible for 2,000 square foot of factory <laughs> um so you call these guys that um work in the factory cheesemakers is that is cheesemakers or what what do you call them? Yeah, cheesemakers. You're allowed to call staff. them cheesemakers.
1: Well, no one's come to tell me off yet. So, you know, we'll see.
0: We could call them ease makers instead.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You can find all the latest news and advice for founders starting and growing their businesses at the Times Enterprise Network. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash business forward slash enterprise dash network where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because rustoleum's new custom spray five-in-one gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We talk about platforms like Instagram a lot on this show. Nowadays, it's nigh on impossible to build a successful brand without using social media. Here are some of Ellie's tips on how she uses it to her and Kindico's advantage.
1: I think it's important to just a just put yourself out there don't put off trying to post by thinking it needs to be perfect or whatever if you scroll down to the beginning of my Instagram it is a bit of a mess because I think you just have to do it you just learn on the job and I think you also just have to show up I can be a bit shy sometimes and not like putting my face on it but people like to see behind a brand and I've worked so hard to try and build a community with KindaCo. Of co I think with a lot of people who sell products it can sometimes feel a bit one-sided you know kind of saying here's my product buy this buy that and with kind of co I feel like there's a whole lovely community we do I used to do supper clubs as well before pandemic hit and I do cheese making classes and I do all these other things that I feel like I can give back to other people so we it's a bit more of a conversation in a two-way street so it's not just me always kind of saying here's my stuff like please buy it they can also come and learn to make their own cheeses or come and eat a five course vegan cheese supper club or you know I think it's about also doing events like that that can help people feel a bit more connected to you than just kind of posting pictures although also posting beautiful pictures helps because we all eat with our eyes so if you have a you know real food porn shot then that will also help
0: I think that's a really interesting point though about people want to see who is behind the business and they want to see a person I think having having that kind of face that they can put to the brand, so that when they eat that cheese they think of you is 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 really important and people really appreciate that the people behind the brand are putting themselves forward
1: Yeah. And I think also you can fall into the trap of feeling like you need to present this facade that's all perfect and you've got it together and you're a professional business and you know what you're doing. But actually, no one really expects that of you. That's just the pressure you put on yourself. And a lot of people really relate to you posting saying, look, I'm really struggling with this and this is a bit tricky in the business. What do you guys think? And I think that makes it a bit more human and people really Mm. connect to that as well.
0: But you've also got a really great product. I think it's one thing having a really great Instagram, which feels authentic and honest, but, also, having a really amazing product that sits alongside that is just really powerful. And your cheeses have won so many awards. I mean, I think you probably are the best vegan cheese out there. I mean, we can say that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to quote you on that for sure. Okay, you, you, you can have that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks
1: on, on all our branding. Yeah, I mean, I think you need to have a good to back it up, right? Because you don't just want to be all fluff and no filler. You've got to be able to have a good product. And for me, taste is always the bottom line. There's no point you know, spending all this time and effort if your product doesn't taste good. And for me, I don't, you know, I don't really harp on about it being a vegan product. I just want it to be eaten by anyone. Like my friend dipped steak in the nacho dip and it's delicious for her. And I don't mind what people do with it. I just want people to eat it. And that's why our tagline is dairy free for all. You've won several
0: awards for your cheeses, including Good Taste 2020. Has this kind of helped with the press coverage? And do you think that it's really important to win awards like this for recognition for your brand?
1: I think awards can be really helpful. So with those ones that you can enter them each year, you have to pay to enter. So a lot of the awards you do have to pay to enter. So I think sometimes that's really have- interesting. Why is that? Yeah. And how much is it? Well, for the great taste, it varies. If you're a member, it's about 40 pounds per product. But there's a lot of other awards like free from awards or all these other ones. And they can be up to two, three hundred pounds to enter. That so- seems quite that seems quite elitist no absolutely which is why i don't enter a lot of them to be honest so the only ones you know we're will enter the free ones but it is a kind of i feel it's a bit weird like it's a bit of a kind of gray area i think morally because ultimately it should be done on merit and everyone should be able to enter but also i can understand the organizations need to have the money judging and all these things but it is tricky so the great taste is kind of slightly more affordable And they also are widely recognized. And for consumers, some consumers really like them, but also stockist. So a lot of delis and farm shops, they love to have the great taste stickers because it really does mark a product out. So sometimes you have to think not necessarily in terms of the end consumer, but the people who are going to sell your products for you. So shops and other places like that, who, if they're faced with 20 different vegan cheeses, one being marked out as having a great taste award might be the thing that makes them choose you over someone else
0: something else we talk a lot about on this show is investment where to look for it tips for pitching but you probably weren't expecting us to tell you about when it's right to turn down money well that's exactly what ellie did when she won a competition at bread and jam
1: down to a food festival and they did this um dragon's den as part of it but i actually it was twenty five thousand pounds um investment but it was in exchange for some equity which actually i didn't end up going through with because i didn't agree with the amount of equity they wanted me to give away so i actually turned that down in the end which was a scary thing to do as well because you're surrounded by industry experts, and the Bren Jam guys are amazing. It's a brilliant food festival for founders to kind of learn about running a food business. But this kind of competition, it just wasn't quite right for me at the time. And it was good learning because it's, you know, I was very new. I'd literally just quit my job. This was October 2018 and was being advised by lots of people who, you know, I was thinking they know so much more than me about this. And I felt like I should, you know, go along with it. But actually I turned it down because I didn't want to give away any of my company. And now I'm so glad I didn't because it definitely wasn't the right thing for me to do. But, um, but yeah, it was a bit of a learning experience for sure. Wow. I mean, that, I think this is
0: really important for people to hear, especially when you're getting offered investment and £25,000 is a lot of money. How much did they want in terms of equity?
1: wasn't actually the uh, bread and jam people they organized it but it was actually some different investors but they wanted 25 percent, which was a lot and I well, kind a, of that's did... a quarter of your business yeah and I mean at the time I was tiny and I was still just doing markets and things but if I'd given that away now then it would be a huge sector of my business and also I kind of did some research and I managed to get a small business loan for £25,000. And I just did that instead. I just said, look, I can just get a small business loan and then I'll just pay it back and I'll still have all of my equity. So that was what I chose to do.
0: And have you ever kind of taken advice from mentors or other people in the food industry that kind of helped and, and guided Kind of Co.?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm a big advocate for asking for advice. I'm not proud and I will Ask anyone, and I think it's really important to ask people. But I think it's also important to ask people who have the kind of life and business that you want to have, because everyone will have a different idea of how to run your business. And after about a year and a half, I was feeling a bit lost, and I called up everyone that I'd ever met, loads of people from food festivals, and I said, "Look, please, can I come to you? I'll buy your coffee. I'll bring you some cheese. I just want to talk to you about my business for twenty minutes." And I thought by asking everyone, I was going to just get this consensus of advice and then I would know exactly what to do with my business moving forward. I thought everyone was just going to tell me exactly what to do. And of course that didn't happen. I just had 20 different ideas of what they all thought. And then I just realized there is no one way to run a business. There's no one path to success and you just need to figure out what you want. And one of the best bits of advice I ever had was from the founder of Planet Organic and Renee and she said to me that you can do whatever you want to do and you just can't let yourself be limited by other people's self-limiting beliefs and because I've kind of said to her like oh I'm not sure I can do this because of this and that and she was like who told you that you can do whatever you want to do you just need to believe it they might not believe it and that's why they can't do it but you can do it and it was such a revolutionary thing to say to me because I just had these concrete ideas of oh, no, this is what you do in business. This isn't what you do in business. I've got to be bound by these rules. And she was just like, no, just do what you want. You can make it a success. You can have it all, but you just need to believe it. And that sounds like really good, solid advice. I mean, I,
0: in terms of work, I, I don't I don't really like the word no in terms of, <laughs> I, I think there's always a solution. I think there's always, I think you've just got to be glass half full, find a solution, work through it. All about the team and the community, and and that advice seems to have been sage advice for you.
1: Yeah, she was amazing, and it really opened up my eyes to how I could make the business fit with my life and what I wanted to do. Because when I started out, a lot of the advice I was getting, a lot of the time from men as well. I think it's great to have advice from women in business. They were saying you need to grow, you need to scale, you need to get investment, you need to get into waitros, you need to do this, that, and the other, and. That was just terrifying for me just starting out. I wanted to go into the small shops and delis and I was told there wasn't enough growth in that and I've done it, you know, this is how we've grown and we're so much bigger now. And I think having that advice to just kind of, you can make it work however you want to, you just need to believe it. Speak to the women, they always give the best advice, I think. Women women (laughs) are the best, women are the best,
0: full stop. (laughs) A lot of successful businesses don't just have one string to their bow and Kyneco is no different. Ellie has recently started running vegan cheese masterclasses, a part of the business she can't wait to expand.
1: I mean, my dream is to have my own kind of plant-based cookery school where people can come and stay, come and learn to cook, come for dinner, you know, have lots of animals around. You know, that's the dream because that's the bit I really enjoy. You know, I kind of force myself to do the things like the spreadsheets and the you know admin and all that kind of thing but it's not my natural thing I want to be in the kitchen meeting people giving everyone a hug you know I want to be giving them cheese to take home that's the kind of that's the kind of human interaction is the part that I really enjoy and I've really missed it the last year I think that kind of connection also really motivates you because you know when you're at a market or a club and someone eats your cheese and they haven't had good vegan cheese. And they just, you know, I get the sweetest emails and messages from people saying, this has you know changed it for me I can now go vegan whatever that is so rewarding and it's those moments that keep you going when you're trying to do your like invoices at 3am and just helps you it helps you bounce off ideas and I love also kind of crowdsourcing ideas for new products and things which I think is something that people again you can kind of want to appear like you have all the answers as a business but a lot of the time if I'm coming up with a new product I'll put it on my Instagram and say guys what do you think about this or say look if you've got an order going out this week tell me and I'm gonna send you a sample of this cheese just let me know what you think or you know I actually put it to a vote to let them name one of my products which I'm now slightly regretting because it's a mozzarella substitute and I wanted to call it like South Italian style or something because obviously you can't call it mozzarella and um one of the options that they put up was mozzarella because they thought it was cute and then I put it to a vote and then they voted for that so now I have a product called mozzarella which I don't know if it just looks really like self-involved but you know, they voted for it. And when I'm in the kitchen, I'll say, oh, we need to make the mozzarella. They're like, Ellie, you need to call it by its proper name. You need to call it mozzarella. (laughs) So yeah, it can backfire on you a little bit. but No,
0: that's amazing, Ellie. And you did all the work, so a cheese should absolutely be named after you. And I think that that kind of sense of community where people are a part of your business to the point of naming cheeses, (laughs) it, it feels really wonderful. You've built such a strong relationship with these people.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're the reason I have a business at the end of the day. You know, if they weren't there supporting me and things, then I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So I'm super grateful and I never take it for granted.
0: Every episode on Secrets of the Side Hustle, we ask our guests to set a question and throw it forward to the next guest. Last week, it was Oh Mama co-founder Shannon
1: who wanted to know... if. You could go back and talk to yourself at the very beginning of your business journey. What advice would you give to yourself then that you've only learned now? Well, a few things. Number one, I would say look after yourself because I think when you run a business, you go to the bottom of the pile in terms of priorities, just in basic things like sleep, you know, Self care, whatever that means to you, whether it's just like making sure you eat some food or taking some time to de stress, I think it's so important. And I'm genuinely only just learning that now. And I think also I would love to have told myself just to hang in there because. A lot of running a business is just getting through the first two years because that's like, you know, if you think about it, like having a baby, like that is the real testing time. You're not going to get a lot of sleep and it's going to take over your whole life. Not to belittle having a baby, obviously, that's much more for long. But, you know, it just does just take over your life and you don't get to see your friends and all that kind of thing. But you just need to hang in there and then it does get better. And I wish I'd known that, that actually sometimes it's just a matter of sticking it out. Thanks, Ellie. That's really... Really good advice. Um, have you got a question for our next guest? I do. My question is, following on from that, what are some of the ways that you look after your own mental health and well-being while running your business?
0: That's a really good question. And Ellie, before you go, can you tell me in one sentence what does the future look like for KindaCo? <laughs> uh,
1: the future looks cheesy. <laughs> I mean, we're growing now. My aim is to be in a national retailer within a year, so that everyone can easily get hold of our cheeses so yeah and to hopefully start running some in-person events again i want to be stuffing everyone full of cheese and you know getting to see everyone so hopefully that will happen soon too
0: ellie that was so great thank you so thank you. much you can order some of ellie's delicious vegan cheeses and trust me i've tried them they really are delicious over at the kindaco.com or you can follow them on instagram kinderco all one word Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode just do it on whatever podcast app you normally use thank you so much to ellie again and thank you so much for you guys for listening join me next time where i'm going to be chatting with self and more founder poppy lapora